Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers! Cheers. (laughs) Very fake cheers. Cross-country cheers. (laughs) Um, Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Kimmy. And I'm Liza. And this is a podcast about dating and relationships and also... How to be alone. We're going to add that in this week. Um, yes, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Lane Moore. If you haven't heard of her, which you should, because she's like one of those professional, like funny people. Um, and she's an author and a comedian and she's a musician and she has this amazing live show called Tinder Live. Uh, and she's just like all over the place doing things that are great. And she wrote a book. Yep. Super brilliant lady, like kind of like successful at so many things like her band it was romance like they do well like everyone is doing well tinder live is amazing how to be alone is her new book um we'll talk all about that with her i just i really love talking to lane because she's so real about um yeah being alone and like what that means what that doesn't mean what we're told it means i don't know because the premise of this podcast, if you're new and turn, tuning in, thank you. If you're if you're an old listener who is young but um, returning listener, a returning listener, thank you as well. And thanks for all the reviews and thanks for all the messages and joining um, and, you know, all my normal annoying spiel. But basically, the premise of this podcast uh, when Liza and I started it was like about going on a date a week, uh, which I did, and like talking about it nicely. Um, and so we reached out to Lane so long ago because her show Tinder Live is also like this weird like talking about dating live on stage, swiping through Tinder Live. And it's also very good natured, not mean, not mean at all. Um, and yeah, we were like, what a what a nice like situation Synergy. to kind of like learn from. <laughs> totally. And but basically I did that experiment. I ended up meeting someone which is Fucking shocking. Um, date 13. And now we have new daters. We have one new dater, Kenny, and then we have another new dater coming at you this November. And in our, in our weeks like this, we just have really cool guests on. So if you're just tuning in, you can totally go back to the beginning and start and hear about how going on dates ended up working out for me and, and hear all of Liza's wisdom through that process. <sighs> LOL. No. No, <laughs> I yes. mostly I'm get, like, I get this. No. I mostly get buzzed and you know, repeat things that you've already said. Talk about feminism. No. Yeah. Well, the good news is that when this episode comes out, I think I'll be in New York, Liza, and we can, like, actually get a little buzzed and record together. Oh, my God, yes. Time. That sounds great. Yeah. That'd um, be lovely. Yes. We'll get our teats and soda going. Teats and soda. Um, brown water. What What would the brown, the brown, whatever, Savannah. Angle said. What did she say? I think mm, brown brown water. water. Brown water sounds like terrible. But yeah, it doesn't sound it good. It was very it's fun. Not a great thing. Whiskey. Um, yeah, but I think I don't know. I think, and this comes up later in the conversation. We hear you all out there. If you're using dating apps, um, it's annoying. It's frustrating, and it, like, there's just this weird thing about feeling alone or feeling like you need to be with someone versus like what actually being alone means versus like. Dating sucks. Like, I think Lane's book touches on a lot of this, and I think our conversation does, too. Just, like, you're not alone. Totally. <laughs> if you feel alone. Yeah. And I think that, like, ugh, we should do more. We should do a, a part two about loneliness, because not loneliness. Mm-hmm. That's not the right word. Being alone. 
which can sometimes be loneliness, can sometimes be loneliness and can sometimes not be. But I feel like that is like my biggest, like, like in the same way that everything we talk about on this podcast boils down to like communication. All of my shit in my head boils down to like fear and or craving to be alone. Like that is mm. like my common thread. And I think it's so many people have such a fear of it. Whatever. We talk about all this with Lane and she's more eloquent about it, but I just think we should talk about it more in the future. I think so too. So after you all listen to this, write us about your feelings about being alone. How's that? We can start with that. Then we can yeah, alone, totally. Right. Um, a being alone part two. Yeah, for sure. Or like anything related to being alone, loneliness, non-loneliness. And you don't have to be alone. Like there's, I feel lonely and anxious all the time even though now I'm in a relationship. Like, I don't know, anyone's thoughts and feels. Because it's so, I don't know, it's so real. And in a micro way, I only like going to the movies alone now. I don't like going to the movies with people. (laughs) Because we both love going to the movies alone. It's such a good vibe. And it's so, for whatever reason, now when I go with people, I'm like, I just wish I were alone. This is not meaningful or life, whatever, but. No, no, no. I haven't gone to the movies alone here. And now I feel inspired. It's the best I, don't know I haven't I done it in see. so long. See, A Star is Born. I haven't seen it yet. By the time this zero. podcast comes out, like, that movie's going to be, like, a month old. Yeah, I know. Right? That's Whatever. true. I, but as of right now, I know. I know. I don't know why. I just don't have any interest in seeing it. I know everyone loves it and is jazzed about it. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just no. have no interest. Weirdly, I kind of feel the same way. Katie and I were supposed to go to it on Friday, and then we just got drunk instead. Like, we were just like, like it was... But I really love Lady Gaga as, like, a pop star. Like, I think she's, like, a great, you know, yeah, badass I have no bisexual qualms. feminist pop star, and I want to support her. But the movie looks annoying to me. Yes. Like, we've done this before. Uh, I think it's because I've only seen the trailer. But everyone, and everyone's obsessed with the songs, and I don't love the songs. Yeah. So I- <laughs> also, for some reason, the character... That she is playing, just literally from the two-minute trailer, reminds me of somebody who really annoys me. <laughs> it's just oh, a so then, bunch of bullshit I'm putting on it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And again, please don't stop listening to the podcast because you loved it. We know, I know that I haven't seen it, and I know that I'm like going to be in the minority if I don't like it, even when I do see it. And I, hey, I might love it, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what I want to see right now. There's not What's a lot out? that I'm like dying to get to right now you know what i didn't make it to and i hope it's still in theaters is monsters and men the one so i know vaguely the guy who directed it and um baby denzel Wash- denzel washington's son is in it yeah i also wanted to see that i want to see a couple that. things right now like that are i feel like that's probably still in new york and la maybe we could go to that together what else i don't know i think everything's like about to come out but this isn't a movie podcast sorry <laughs> Sorry. That's our other podcast, 51 First Movies. Um, <laughs> 51 First Movies. Doesn't make any fucking sense. But, uh, well, I don't know. That would be fun to have to go to a movie every week. <laughs> oh, my God. That actually would be incredible. We could write them all year. off on our taxes. That would be nice. Yes, yeah, that's true. Tax write-offs. Um, but speaking of going to things alone, um, if you, if you want to hear some more about, like, actual um, how to be alone things that aren't movies that's what we're going to talk about with lane and you should really follow her at hello lane more and she's going to shout out all our social needs too but just listen to this write us tell us your feelings she rules go see tinder live if it's in your town um try to make it come to your town if it's not because lane will tell you how to do that and 
Uh, oh, we just also, had a great time. Oh, sorry. I totally interrupted you because no. I thought you were just about to throw it to our interview. No, we did have a great time talking to her. She's a delight. And I'm glad, like, I just like her whole voice in the very, like, loud landscape of, like, funny ladies. I think she has a really specific and unique and, like, smart and wonderful point of view. This is feeling creepy. I'm like, oh, my God, she's the best. She's great. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, <laughs> but while you're following her, you should also follow us <gasps> yeah. on Instagram at 51firstdatespod. And uh, email us at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com. Email us your worst first date stories. Email, email us your feelings about being alone. Email us your feelings. Uh, and keep, join keep our Facebook subscribe group. reviewing and writing silly things mm-hmm. in them. Like, you can write the worst opening line. You got the best one. Like, the weirdest date you went on. Just write something weird in our, in our iTunes reviews. That's fun. Oh, and we should be totally fine on Spotify now. That's good news. Yes. We, after some maneuvering with our um hosting platform have have now seamlessly integrated with spotify so there should be no more problems to people who are wanting to listen on spotify um also join our secret secret facebook group where we already told you that we were up on spotify and you can get all Mm -hmm. kinds of fast uh updates from us in fact i would say if you want to like communicate directly with us the secret facebook group is the best place to do it yeah i would too just because I don't even get the 51 First Dates pod emails to my phone because I'm so lazy. I can't just add another email to my phone email, but I check them. Um, but I don't know. Something about the Facebook group. Um, then you also get to hear other other cool lady and male opinions, too, from in there. So. And support each other. And it's very – I think it's a really nice, cool, supportive place. Mm-hmm. Um and also, yeah, if you're in there and you do have, like, a direct question for us or you, like, have something you want to weigh in on, we're always, like, reading stuff and looking at stuff, but we may not respond to every post. But if you are really, like, wanting to chat with us, you can just tag us in your post on yes. in the secret Facebook group and, like, we'll see that and respond. And if it's secret, you can still email. Like, if you don't want to share it with the whole group, that's cool, too. Totally. And then you can even tag us and be like, I emailed you guys. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're so thirsty. We're like, look at all we're these so, we're like, in touch with us. Please slide into our DMs. Just please, tag me. <laughs> oh, my God. Tag me. Um, yeah. We love you guys. Uh, this this community, you are all why we do this. And I think you're going to love Lane more. And here she is. Yay. Well, here we are. We're with Lane Moore, who we've been so excited to have on for so long. Lane, thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, I'm psyched. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, you know, I think Liza and I first discovered you through Tinder Live, but we're really excited yeah. to talk about your new book, How to Be Alone, and just all the things. Um, and if you're yeah, like just to kind of- under a rock listeners and haven't heard of Lane, Lane's an author, comedian. She's a musician. She does everything. She's a hilarious person on Twitter. Thanks. She's someone you should, you know, Google and then get uh, get into. Yeah, follow right now. Um, so let's, can we just kind of like take it back? I'm sure you've answered this a million times, but for anyone who hasn't, you know, heard of Tinder Live, like what, what, where did you start that? What prompted you to start Tinder Live? And if you can explain what the show is for our listeners a little bit, that would be awesome too. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I started Tinder Live over four years ago. Um uh, literally the first time I went on Tinder, um, just the second that I started using Tinder, I was like, this is a live comedy show. This is just, this would be so amazing. Like it'd be a projected on screen. Just going through the ridiculousness of these profiles live on a stage. And I was like, oh, the audience could vote whether we swipe right or left. And now I tour colleges and rock venues and comedy clubs all around the world. Um, 
with Tinder Live and basically we go on my Tinder Live on a screen and super kind. Like it's not mean spirit. It's not this like bloodbath. That's not funny. It's not my sense of humor. Um, and the audience votes whether I swipe right or left. And it's just this really like anything can happen like mystery science theater with Tinder. Uh, Frank Conniff from mystery science theater said that and it felt very appropriate. Um, yeah, it's just this like crazy interactive comedy show. That's just so fun and so good natured. And that's always the one thing I hear, you know, more than anything is people being like, Oh my God, this is like such a kind, but really, really funny show. And like, I'm just thinking up all the things that I'm saying to people on the spot. And yeah, it's just this, you know, it's a nice people will come up who people know. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. I chat with these guys live and, you know, it's also especially fun to do on college campuses because it's all these people who are like, Oh my God, I know him. That's my friend. That's like my, he's the next time in class. And like, you know, it's just, it's just so fun. So it's, yeah. Especially when it's a small or when it's a small town and people are like, I work with him. It's just, but that happens in, you know, New York city too. It's really cool. It's a really special, bizarre show. It's so fun. Yeah, no, I've I, been a couple times in Brooklyn and it's the best. And like, oh, you have? yeah, Wonderful. I have. Yeah. Okay, I came great. to, I came to one last winter. I think it was like, I just remember it was cold. So I think it was this past winter at maybe like the bell house. Yes, um, yeah. And then you had a hilarious exchange with somebody about dead bodies. <laughs> I think that sounds absolutely on point with yeah. how Tinder rolls out. For and me. it was great. It was just really funny. And I don't remember like the exact specifics. I was a little drunk, but it was like so much fun. I went with a friend who is not in comedy land or anything. She is like a good, just like high school homie. And we had the best night. Like, and it's so funny Yay. because then a friend of mine went to see your show in Philly who like didn't know about like, she just randomly texted me and was like, have you heard of Lane Moore? Like, yeah. you should check her out. I think you would find her really funny. And I was like, oh, my God, I love Lane Moore. I went to it, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I think that – and my friend who went to see you in Philly is, like, a, my my most, like, serious lawyerly friend. She's, like, a grown-up and fucking yeah. loved your show. I literally think it's for everyone. I really do, too. I really do, too. It's, like, there are people who are, like, I'm 65 years old. I've been married for 30 years. This is the funniest show I've ever seen. There are people who are, like – I've never done Tinder. Like I met my husband really early or my wife really early. And like, you know, and then there's people who are like, I, I partner on Tinder and like, this is our favorite show to come to. Cause it like kind of pays tribute to like, you know, the way that we met. And I was just like, Jesus, it's just so it's magic. And there was like one guy who I, I did the show at a university the other night and he, um, he made a profile specifically, like he has a girlfriend, but he made a profile specifically cause he was so excited to be on like that maybe he'd be on the show and I was like I love that it has that effect like it's not something that you're like it's the opposite of what people haven't people haven't seen the show don't know that it's not like a oh boy god help you if you go up on tinder live it's so the opposite of that it's like oh prepare for the night of your life if you go up on tinder live I like to think yeah Yeah, I feel like early on that helped us when I was like talking anonymously but talking about the dates and again really nicely like we haven't gotten any complaints even when people have like later heard it but we would look to you and you're like at a different level than we are but it was just like very nice like you can you can talk about dating and even specific people and the way they date without being mean-spirited we're all in this together kind of thing I don't know I really like that if there's like a solidarity there that I appreciate I think so too I think there's a nice way to do it because it's just like otherwise it just feels like eh, the world's hard enough yeah totally yeah I think that like almost everyone on tinder is obviously like making themselves vulnerable and everybody gets that except for like the handful of people who are just ridiculous and like they they deserve to be made fun of a little bit 
Yeah. It's like, just, it's just like, and, it's, and, and if it's in good, if it's in good fun, but yeah, I always say like the only people who it's like, okay, we're in a totally different place is if they're like openly like hateful, like they're just like mm-hmm. racist, sexist, homophobic. It's like, okay, that's, but even those, it's like, I don't even like to t- acknowledge those people on Tinder. I'm just like, Oh, let's not, let's just back away from this. this yeah. Is awful. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Do you have like a particularly bad first date story? Like what's like the worst first date you've been on in your life? I blocked them out. I've been on so many horrible first dates. It's like, I don't know. I love when people say that as though there's this like one first date that I had that was bad and the rest were great. It's like, I've had so many that are so bad that I'm like still upset. Um, it's like, God, how do you even choose? Um, and you do not need to, if you want to think of one, but th- just to give you a heads up that most of our like guests say the same thing. So unfortunately really? we're all out there having lots of bad dates. Yeah. Um, I yeah, mean, okay, good. Um, because it's like, and it's also like, what kind of story do you want? Because like, the when I think of my worst first dates are like, it's like so bad it was depressing. Like it really like really upset me how bad it was. Just like I don't know, yeah. I went on a date with a guy and he was just really hateful. He made like transphobic jokes. He made racist jokes. He made homophobic jokes. He made uh, biphobic jokes. It was just like mm. I always when I think about it. I really feel like I was on an episode of like punked or something. Cause it was almost like he was just like, how can I offend this woman in every possible way? And then like, but like he still left feeling like he was right. And I was a buzzkill. And I just like, was like, this is horrible. Dating is dumb. Why <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is just, and then we like saw each other on the street a couple years later and just like kind of made eye contact. And I was like, Oh, you're that guy who's like so hateful. <laughs> And I think he looked at me like, oh, you're that girl who wasn't hateful. And somehow I hated you for that. Uh, It's insane how often this happens. Like, I feel like we get we get uh, we have our listeners write in with really bad first aid stories. And I feel like we've heard this from so many people. And we've even heard it from like we've heard from a couple um, women who are like women of color that they went on dates with people and their dates like expressed racism about their race to their faces like we've heard that a couple times totally. and that that happens you know obviously I can't speak to that but um but I can speak to it in terms of there is that part of you for part of me that like doesn't want to talk about my queerness on first date because I'm just I feel like I'm very much prepared for the like biphobic fucking parade to show mm-hmm. up because it almost always does totally it's just insane I mean obviously like Kimmy's in LA. I'm in New York. Like we live in bubbles. We know it. We get it. Whatever. But it does still blow my mind. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's like it is and isn't a bubble because I guarantee, like the women of color who are talking about, you know, racist views being expressed on dates, like that shit happens in LA. That shit happens in New York. I live in New York City, and there's still people who like have weird homophobic, biphobic views. You know what I mean? So it's like you can still be in a bubble, but like that bubble still has fucked up shit in it. You know? Totally. Yeah. Probably maybe a little bit less, but eh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, has doing Tinder Live over the years like affected how you feel about dating? I would like definitely want to get to your book as well, but just like has has it changed your perspective for the better at all? Um, stay made it stay the same. <laughs> for the worst, for the next six minutes straight. Um. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm tired 
for sure. You know, <laughs> I think, I think that's what it is. Is I'm just more tired. Um, mm -hmm. because I think, you know, I, I liken it to like owning a bakery and like, you know, you, you really liked cookies, you really liked cupcakes and they start baking them all the time and you don't really <laughs> want to eat them anymore. I kind of feel like that, you know, I'm still open about finding love and things like that. And there's still this beautiful, very strong, unrelenting, hopeless, romantic part of me that, you know, but I think if anything, maybe the fact that I'm so freaking burnt out is a good thing because I think I'm a little less excitable. And I think that that can be difficult for me, you know, like when I meet someone and we hit it off and I'm like, this is it <laughs> yep. or not, let's take it down a few pegs. And so now I think I'm so exhausted by dating that it's easy for me to take it down a few <laughs> pegs. Cause I'm already like, this probably isn't anything. Like I'm at that point, you know, yep. where I'm just like, don't get too excited lane. And <laughs> I think that's probably healthy on some level. I actually, I really do. I feel like we kind of designed this whole project with like me burning myself out, like as a, not a goal, like to burn myself out entirely, but to just like stop getting um, caught up in things that were really attractive to me, but not necessarily the healthiest for me. And I, yeah, yeah. Um, different formats, but like, I really relate to what you just said about the bakery. Um, totally. And yeah. like that baker might be tired of cookies, but she's probably really fucking good at making them. You know, well, like you get exactly. that experience. Like, I'm really good at making them. And I really overall, like, even if I'm exhausted, like I still want cookies. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So let's talk about how to be alone. How did you, how did that process start? Just simply like deciding to write a book, deciding what to write about. Um, I know that's pretty general, but I'm always so impressed when people are able to publish books. I've known I was going to write a book since I, pretty much since I was born. I started writing books when I was a little kid, you know, obviously not book mm -hmm. books, but like, you know, would do little self-publishing things and things like that. I always want to write a book. I've dreamt of it every single day of my life. Um, so, you know, I had pitched another book uh, a couple years prior and, you know, was told that it was, it was, it's too serious. It's too sad. It was also really funny, you know, um, like this book is as well, but, you know, it really had some, some gravity to it, some weight and some grit. And I was told that, nope, the world doesn't want that. And then, Thank fucking God when this book sold, it was like, no, people do want that. Like, and you know, I knew that that person who told me that was wrong. I knew that people didn't want to just read light books that pretended that no one ever has problems and no one's ever in pain. Like, I just don't think that's, I know for a fact that that is bullshit, especially in 2018. Like we're all in pain. We're all dying. We all feel like shit all the time. You know, we all want to connect and no one feels connected. Like I knew that, you know, and I think connection is such a through line in my work, you know, like in Tinder Live and even with my, you know, it was romance songs in my band. Like there's so much of that is about, you know, I'm writing, <laughs> I always like to say that I'm like writing angry love songs. Like Fiona Apple is a big influence on yes. my, on my songwriting for sure. Cause it's just like, you can tell that it's like, she's somebody who I, I mean, I, I relate to her very, very hardcore and I always have, but, um, you know, she's somebody who it's like, she wants to feel these beautiful, wonderful feelings that she's so pissed off that people are letting her down. And I really relate to that so strongly, you know, across all of my, along across all of my art forms, um, that yeah. I, that I do, um, to express these ideas. So I think it made sense, you know, I definitely, given what people knew about me from Tinder live and Cosmo and it was romance. It's like, obviously love is, is a big 
uh, topic for me, but I didn't want to write a, you know, quippy book about how wacky love is. And uh, am I right ladies? Like, that's not my style. That's, I don't think, I don't know that we need very many more of, of those books that talk about it in this really surface level way. I wanted to do something that really delved deeper and delved into why we're alone, how we're alone, why we keep picking the same shitty friend groups, why we're friends with, why frenemies exist, why we date the same guy or girl or whatever over and over again. You know, and I really, really, really believe and have found it to be true that so many of these things all boil down to childhood stuff. So just getting people to kind of think about it through that lens, I think is really helpful. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think there's such a fear in everyone, like myself included, of being alone. And so much of it stems from childhood stuff, you know, obviously. And I started figuring that out when I started going to therapy when I was younger. Um, And, you know, I was in my early 20s, which is younger than I currently am. I wasn't like a child. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) When I was, yeah, when I was born, (laughs) I was like 23. Uh, But I think that so many of my issues just stemmed from a fear of being alone. Like, so it connected to so many different things how I related to my friends my family like we're told it's like the worst thing that you could do is be alone and like I think a big part of my growing up process has been like learning to love being alone (laughs) which is you know I think like one of the greatest things I got from therapy but what do you think is I mean there does seem to be this common thread of fear of being alone especially in romantic relationships like what do you think that where do you think that tends to come from and how do you think um you know you've been able to overcome it and like people are able to overcome that. What do I think the, what was that? There were a couple questions in there. I just want to make sure I yeah, hit them totally. all. I mean, there, it's not necessarily important, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, where do you think, why do you think that's so common? And what do you think I people can do alone. to overcome it? Yeah. Got it. So, I mean, you know, that's not, it's not a question that I can answering this phone call because obviously so much of it is told in such detail in the book that it's not anything that I can be like, here's the one thing. And then you're solved. If that was a thing, you know, no one would be alone. Um, but you know, I think that's a fear because we make it a fear, you know, it's like everything you read, everything you, uh, all the culture, all the media that we consume is about like, get married, have friends. Oh my God, you're married and you have friends. Right. And like, from the beginning, you know, we're all told that we're not enough and we've got to, we just see all these images of how it's supposed to be. And, you know, I talk a lot in the book about being raised by TV and movies and music and TV and movies and music are all about love and friendship and connection that, you know, there's and how we interact with people and, or, or, you know, the troubles we have interacting with people. So we're seeing all these things played out. Um, on screen, partly because it's interesting. It is interesting how we connect and, and don't connect. It's of course, it's like the biggest things we do it as people. I think it's like being a human is so weird because it's mm-hmm. like, we're tribal. We're, we're people who need that connection so much, but increasingly, and especially in the modern day, like you can have friends and like go a month without seeing them. You can you know, interact with people online all the time and like no one's hugged you or touched you in a positive way in months. Like that's such a thing. And we don't talk about it. And and the great, great, like really intense effects of that. So, um, you know, I kind of wanted to walk people through my story of, you know, being alone pretty much my whole life. I think that that's what it is. Right. Cause it's like, I realized that 
I have had a really extreme life in that way. In that like, everyone's afraid of being alone in that way. And like, I have been really extremely alone since pretty much birth. And because of that, I think it gave me superpowers in a way, in the way that, you know, every superhero has superpowers <laughs> because it's thing awful that happened. Um, in that, like, I was forced, I've been forced to do this thing that no one wants, you know, like all the things that people are afraid of, like, Oh my God, I don't want to be alone. I wasn't afraid of this thing happening. I happened. It was, I was. And so I think it was like, you know, and, and still had that like, Oh God, I got to fix this. I got to fix this horrible problem. This horrible thing. Like, why is it like this? I got to fix it. Where, where do I, how do I, how do I fix this as soon as possible? And I think that's, you know, even if you don't, even if you have wonderful parents, even if you have a wonderful friend group, that, that idea that like, I've got to have these perfect connections or I'm broken. I, I don't subscribe to it. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think we make healthy decisions when we feel like that's something that's broken and we have to fix it like a leaky pipe tonight or we're going to drown, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think when you said that, you know, I feel like it is a superpower. Look at like, I don't know, you've done so many things. You like, when did you move to New York and like start pursuing all of this? Writing oh and God. Yeah. Writing. I mean, years ago, I mean, I, I, um, I started pursuing comedy and doing all that stuff. Um, like right away. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I moved out after, after high school. Right. That's so. what I thought. Okay. Cause that's, that like, that is takes superpowers to do. I'm just impressed because like have had lots of dreams clearly have a podcast, but just like, I, I do, I think there's value in like really knowing yourself and being alone in any different way. So when you speak to it as a superpower, because I feel like so often society tells us we need another person, but I, especially cause I'm in like the first serious relationship of my life at 29. I just like actually like had society not kept telling me that being alone was such a, I don't think being alone is such a bad thing. If that makes any sense. Um, I like think it's a really important thing, but I also think that being with someone can be really great. So it's just this weird thing where society seems to have kind of pushed us all to want like a very specific version of not being alone. Um, totally. And I mean, I think that pressure is, it's on everybody, but I really do think it, it is societally put more on women for sure. Mm -hmm. Cause we've still got some of that antiquated, like, Oh my God, you must do this or else you will die. It will be over. And it's really intense. I'm so freaking not helpful. Totally. So, and it's that thing yeah. you said of like, I, I think it's, it's only women who do get, that feeling that they're quote unquote broken or like there's something wrong with them if they're alone, you know, like men don't, they're like George Clooney's and we do. And I think like, yeah, yeah, learning to embrace that, like being alone is like, can be a really, really great thing. And there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of things you can't embrace when you're not alone. Like, I think being alone is one of the most powerful. Learning to enjoy being alone is one of like the things I really wish I could just hold my teenage self by the shoulders and be like, do this now. Like, don't wait. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about in the book is, you know, part of the reason that um, the book title, the book title is, is how to be alone. But you know, the, the subtitle is if you want to, and even if you don't, because I think there are people who are like, I want to be alone either because they've been hurt really badly or they're just tired of feeling, you know, kind of codependent. 
But I also think that it's people who like don't want to be alone, but are alone and therefore have to find some sort of solace in that. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, I've vacillated back and forth between just like, screw this. I just want to be by myself. I'm not interacting with people in a way that feels healthy or nourishing to me at all. Screw it. I want to be by myself. And also being like, I am alone. That's like, I could spend my whole life trying to fix this quote unquote problem. Or I could accept that like, maybe I'm somebody who's kind of good at this. And maybe this isn't this like death sentence or life sentence. So I think that that was something that I really wanted to impart that like, Mm -hmm. if you are alone, like I wanted this book to make you feel like I get it. I'm alone as well. (laughs) Like, you know, to kind of make people feel a little bit less alone in how alone they are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just thinking like, all of these amazing projects you've made have like come from that in one way or another, right? Like being on Tinder, I mean, most people on Tinder are like alone in their romantic lives. Um, But just, yeah, how much cool, like a a lot of our, how much awesome creativity can actually come from being, whether it's being alone or just being in like kind of a tough time. A lot of our listeners write in uh, very frustrated on apps and like feeling kind of hopeless. So I really want them to like read this book, just like think about, kind of all the stuff we're talking about um because I feel like I never know what to say because I get the frustration and I yeah. get the but like yeah there's something to like like do you would what would your advice be for maybe someone you know first we'll tell them to read your book but like someone not not advice to like find that date or get that person but just like someone who's feeling a little alone maybe navigating the dating app specifically like um if you could just like impart because you've had so much like experience and time reflecting and thinking and making projects out of this weird dating world. Um, what might you kind of tell them to help them keep their chin up if that's not too cheesy to ask? Totally. Um, I mean, I would say, you know, one of the things I, I talk a lot about in the book is, um, is becoming my own, uh, becoming my own boyfriend, becoming my own partner. You know, it's something that, uh, people talk about and it's like no one really wants to do and nobody, you know, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the things that we tell people about how to do this are kind of like cheesy and stupid. Um, but I talk about how I did it and, and, you know, um, I think just like, I I think part of it is, um, I'm trying to think of where to begin because there's just so much to say. It's like, how do you exactly what you're saying? Like you're overwhelmed with how to respond to these people because it's such a nuanced thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I would say in terms of like specifically for the dating app thing, take breaks, dude, like take breaks because I went the second that I realized that like, I'm like angry swiping where you're just like, Oh, another one that says like this. Oh my God. Why aren't you messaging? That's when I know that it's like, I have to turn this off. Like this is not, this is not meant to be taken this, this seriously, this intensely. If, if there's anything in your life that's like causing you that kind of irritation and frustration, get out of there. Um, you know, you can always come back to it, but just like, don't use it as much because you're not coming from a good place. And it's like, again, whenever you have that kind of wound that needs to be soothed right now or else you're not going to win. You know what I mean? Like if you're yeah. swiping and you're like, Oh, cause I've, I've been, and I've been there. There's no judgment. But whenever I'm swiping and I'm just like, oh, I just need to meet someone who like seems nice and have like a good date soon or I'm going to freaking lose it. Yeah, that's not a good place to be on Tinder <laughs> because it might not happen. And if it doesn't happen, then you've just set up a situation where you're going to be really upset. Or, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, totally. So or- yeah, I would say to try to, and one of the biggest things I wanted to do with the book um, is be very open about how much I fucking hate, like, like having to take care of myself, having to be my own boyfriend, having to, and, and not, I don't hate it from some sort of like, Oh, this sucks. I just want a boyfriend. It's not anything, mm-hmm. you know, cliche and, and, and like that. But what it is, is that I want to acknowledge that it does suck. And no, I don't think it's fun because so many, so much of the times the book that talk, books that talk about being alone are like, just to have a night out with yourself. But there's always the idea that whenever you read these stupid articles, you know, mm-hmm. there's always this idea that like, yeah, I took two whole months to be alone. And then I met Chad and it's like, ugh, like, I don't think we should be telling women or anybody to take tiny, tiny moments where they're going to pretend to be okay with being alone. And then some man will save them. It's so boring. And mm-hmm then you're also not really being alone either because you're just telling yourself you're going to be alone. You know, it's like the difference between eating a healthy, you know, eating a healthy diet for the rest of your life and being like, I'm just going to eat celery for three months and then I'm going to have cake. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, the ideal is to get really okay with yourself so that you don't need someone to fill this like aching, horrible hole. But at the same time, like I'm not going to lie to readers and be like, and it's fun and it's great. And you'll never be resentful that you have to do this. <laughs> totally. I appreciate that. That is very, very real and like very important. I think for everyone to think about, like just very honest. Um, it is, Yeah. Cause I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear from anybody else. Just like I was alone for three whole weeks. And thank God someone rescued me from how awful it was. No, yeah. The, yeah. Totally. And all of those and, books that are like, you know, after two months, like this guy came along. It's like the same messaging that exactly. being alone is a means to an end. And like yes. that end is not what everyone wants, needs, or like should be aspiring. And it, it creates a resentment. Like the, the, the women who write into your show because they're frustrated about dating apps, I guarantee that a part of them is frustrated because they've been on these dating apps and they haven't had that moment where they were magically saved by the perfect man. And I think it's such a dangerous thing that we tell people yeah. that like, oh, just stay in this hell. It'll last approximately 14 days. And it's like, no, you might not meet someone who first of all you're never going to meet anybody who solves all your problems unfortunately i fucking Mm -hmm. wish it was true but yeah i think they're frustrated because that's what we've been sold we've all been told that like if we're just patient and we you know there's a chapter in the book where i talk about all of the things that we tell women to do in order to like deserve love or in order to finally earn love or whatever and how i did them all and it didn't change anything, you know, like mm-hmm. we tell women all these things. It's like, oh, do this, do this. And then the love of your life will find you within like three days. And then they don't. And we're understandably pissed off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Well, and we've probably been sold it from something that we like. I don't know. So much of this messaging comes from places that are supposed to like support women <laughs> you know that's all awesome. oh my god totally totally and that's again yeah it was that was so, totally something that I was that I was really really against because I know because it's like I really wrote the book that I wish someone else had written I, I wrote the book that I wanted to exist totally. and I didn't want to read another book that was telling women 
here's what you do. And then boom, love happens. And it's like, no, it doesn't. That's bullshit. Don't tell women that. Stop telling them if they change this thing about themselves, love will magically appear because there are plenty of women. I'm sure a lot of them are listening right now who are like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I tried being friends first. He still was an idiot. I tried doing this and it still didn't, you know, these magical, again, if any of these things actually worked, just one simple thing you do, everyone would be in love and no one would ever be in pain. <laughs> yep. Totally. No, it's so true. It's like the finding the formula is just uh, like really not, not ideal. And like and we keep insulting. being told by every. Yeah, it's insulting that it's. Just, yeah, it is insulting. It's really insulting. Women thought of this perfect thing to do. Yep. Yeah. Well, on that note, I know we, we should let you go. I re- Listeners, you need to go by <laughs> How to Be Alone if you want to. And even if you don't, um, by Lane. Lane, thank you so much. Can you tell, um, obviously you could buy the book in November anywhere books are sold. Is that is that a good way to say it? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anywhere, <laughs> anywhere books are sold. That's on all of the websites, all of the in-person bookstores. Mm-hmm. I always love, um, you know, the idea of going to, if, if you're like, Oh, I don't want to go to like a, a bigger store. I want to go to my local bookstore and ask them for it. I always think that's really cool too. So, yes, you know, me too. All of the- I highly support that. Um, yeah, yeah. we mentioned a lot of bars in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. So any of our Greenpoint listeners go, go to word and buy the book. Um, yes. But yeah, Lane, I also think that just everyone who isn't following you already would love to. So, and you have such great content on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm at Hello Lane Moore on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And there's also um, a Tinder Live Instagram as well. And I like tour around the country. And I always encourage people to. I love when I hear people like at colleges or, you know, in towns with like comedy clubs. And they're like, I wish you'd come here. And I'm like, dude talk to the people on your events board, whatever. Like I will come there. I am around. I have a carry on bag. I know how to get on a plane. I'll do it. Yes. Wait, that's awesome. Cause listeners do that. <laughs> I feel like Tinder live is what a lot of our listeners need but not, they aren't all in like major cities. So totally. Um, but I go to, you know, I'm all over, I'm all over the place. I was just in Baltimore. I was just in Nashville. I just did the university of New Hampshire, university of Syracuse. Like I'm on all the places so yes I, okay yeah. we have like a bunch of people out in washington state at colleges who write it oh so yeah everyone dude, absolutely i i went yeah. to i did a show in uh tacoma washington last fall and i freaking loved it but like yeah college shows are amazing there was yeah i i can't even tell you because it's just because it, everyone's on tinder and everybody like knows each other it's just like it's <laughs> Every show is magical, but like college shows are just so next level, especially, honestly, especially when it's in a small town, because you're just like, everyone knows everybody. And it's just very special. We have so many listeners in college, like college listeners go tell your activities person. I don't know. I I wasn't involved in college, but yeah, yeah, all my on on is my website. And so they can totally do that. And I'm also going to be doing a whole bunch of speaking events about the book and things like that. Um, So that's also going to be really fun to like go to colleges and different places and talking about loneliness and connection and dating and all these things. I'm so excited to get to, to do like speaking tours. It's going to be really Totally fun. guys, listeners go check her out. I cannot tell you how fun her show is and I'm Thank sure the speaking you. tour is going to be great also. Thank and you yeah. so much, Lane. Thank and congratulations so much on your book. It's so exciting. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we always sign off by telling our listeners to go on a date, but also like you don't have to, if, if you, you want, want to, to or you, you can. If you don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really- <laughs> Damn, I'm like about five you right now. I did. Because you know, I actually went on a date recently, but I still don't know if it was a date. It's like 
it doesn't matter how much you write about dating and I write about dating all the freaking time. And there's still that part of you, I think maybe not, but there's still a part of me that's like, was it a date? I feel like that was a date. We're still talking. He bought dinner. I don't know. What? Oh my so, God. Yes. Wait, yeah. That's so real. We, I feel like we need to do an episode on that. That like, was it a date moment? Totally. Because, like, so real. Well, if I'm around, I'll, I'll, I'll come back <laughs> on for it because God, that's been so much of my life. And I'm getting to a point where I'm like, it was. <laughs> I mean, Stop this madness. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much again. This was such a delight for us. I'm so I'm actually really glad that we like got to talk to you about your book and that the timing worked out the way it did. And yeah, thank you so much, Lane. Yay! Thank you. You too. Bye. 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 A big shout out to Anthony from Five Ohm for making us sound really good in post. And you should check Five Ohm out online at fiveohm.com, and that's spelled F-I-V-E-O-H-M. Ohm.